the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve drummers drumming. So now, Cindy, I'm very interested to know what you did because I feel like we've we have covered music in warfare throughout history, and drums do play a very large role in that. Well, and Katie, it's funny you say that because I, I, I went around and I had so many different ideas for what I was going to do, including like taiko drumming, which I still want to do a story on. But um, yeah, I have to say that uh, talking about music and war and the importance of drums in war um, kind of influenced the topic that I chose for our very last episode for the 12 days of Christmas. You know what, Katie, if, if I just don't do my story, then this never has to end. (gasps) Yeah, but then we would never get to hear your story, Cindy. I would, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like Schrodinger's cat. It both exists and doesn't exist. His podcast? Schrodinger's <laughs> podcast? Okay, Katie. Well, for, for the sake of our listeners, I will do a story, but I have a question for you first. You, you have given birth before, yes? Yes, as far as I know. So when you gave birth, what was the last thing that you wanted to have in the delivery room with you? Oh, a velociraptor. I thought you were going to say a drummer boy. <laughs> and let's be honest, this is the real reason why Mary really is a saint. <laughs> that reminds me, when I was being born, there was a custodian in the room. <laughs> So I don't know where that falls between Drummer Boy and Velociraptor, but I have a feeling it's somewhere. I somewhere have in there. no gifts to bring. Swish, swish, swish for my broom. <laughs> I just came to change out the soap dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> the song, The Little Drummer Boy, I feel like I always thought it was written like thousands of years ago. <laughs> oh, I thought it was written like thousands. the 50s. I thought it was like, I thought it was written in like the 50s. It was. Oh. <laughs> so, but, we, but how do we not know who wrote it? If it was written in like 1950, there are, Cindy, there are literally dozens of people who were alive then. How do we not know this? It is not certain who wrote the song, The Little Drummer Boy. Many say that Catherine K. Davis wrote it in 1941 and that the lyrics are based on an old Czech carol. There is also a lot of controversy surrounding who actually wrote the music for the song, but I'm not getting into that today. Today, Katie, I want to tell you the story Mm. of the real drummer boys. So, like I mentioned, I did talk about the history of music and war, and that drums were a very integral part of battles in many cultures across the world. But for this episode, I specifically want to tell you some stories about drummer boys during the Civil War. So the drummer boys of both the Union and the Confederate armies were the youngest soldiers on the battlefields. They were basically children. Many of them were like 13, 14 years old. And there were some even as young as eight years old. That's incredible. I was going to ask if they were actually, when you say drummer boy, do you mean drummer boy or just like drummer young adult? I mean drummer children, generally the male sex. I don't know of any drummer girls. So, yeah, drummer boys. And that's 
13 and 14 year old boys these days, what are they doing? Playing Minecraft and trying to do, like, they're on TikTok trying to do crazy pranks. Exactly. Pantsing. And that's the big thing now. Pantsing. Really? Yes. That's, oh. at least in my geographical area, it is an epidemic to the point where they have to, like, send home letters to families to say, we are aware of the pantsing issue in our schools. We will be addressing it. We are deeply concerned. That's going to make my stories today even more poignant, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so for these drummer boys, their role wasn't just to provide musical entertainment for troops. They were also responsible for playing the drums to communicate vital battle orders and signals. So when a battle took place, the drummer boys generally stayed towards the rear of the battle, but they were still on the battlefield, which meant they were still constantly in harm's way. And even when the battles were over, the drummer boys would um, be charged with walking around the battlefield looking for wounded survivors that they would then help to carry to the hospital tents. And they also would help to bury the dead. Oh, my gosh. So there weren't any age limits to be a musician in the army. Um, Well, let me backtrack. So there were age restrictions for being in the army during this time. But Cindy, they were kind of flexible. I was going to say, is it age restrictions or age suggestions? More of suggestions. But there mm-hmm. were no age limits to be a musician in the army, which is what a drummer boy was. Um, apparently, the drummer boy lifestyle appeared quite glamorous for boys. And boys would even sometimes run away from home to enlist to become drummer boys. Other drummer boys were the children or orphan children of soldiers serving in the same unit. Even at the time, adults were fascinated by the concept of drummer boys. And I think like you and me, like the idea that these children would be so moved and motivated to fight for their beliefs that they would join, that they would be desperate to join the military. Um, and so a lot of um, um, drummer boys were portrayed in paintings. Um, they were often the subjects of early photographic portraits. Portraits and pictures would stir a lot of emotion within people during this time. I know to them it's a very romantic idea. And I know this is me coming from my you know modern point of view. But all I can think is they're, they're just children, though. They really are just little kids, even you know, 13, 14 year olds who, you know, think themselves as being very grown up, very mature, but they're still really, in so many ways, still kids. So not surprisingly, many of these drummer boys died in battle, but some went on to earn the Mm -hmm. highest military recognition. At just 13 years old, William E. Willie Johnston of St. Johnsbury was a drummer for the 3rd Vermont's Infantry's Company D who participated in the Seven Days Battle. He was awarded the Medal of Honor, and he still remains the youngest recipient of the Medal of Honor. That's incredible. Orion Perseus Howe of the 55th Illinois Infantry, he was only 14 years old when he earned his own Medal of Honor for his service at Vicksburg. Despite receiving a musket ball wound through his leg and being exposed to constant heavy fire from the enemy, Orion remained on the battlefield. He even managed to deliver a very important message to General Sherman that the troops were in need of more cartridges 
despite being severely wounded. Damn. Uh, there was another kid. Um, he was only 10 years old. His name was John McLaughlin of Lafayette, Indiana. And um, again, he was only 10 years old when he attached himself to the 10th Indiana at the outbreak of the Civil War. Um, however, he was not content just to beat his own drum, as they say. <laughs> McLaughlin picked up a musket and he fought alongside the troops. He's like 10, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. He was eventually transferred to a Kentucky cavalry outfit. And despite being wounded twice at the battle of Perryville, he refused a medical discharge. Instead, talk about cojones, Katie. He went directly (laughs) to president Lincoln and was like, don't let me go. Like, I know I was wounded. I do not want to leave the military. So Lincoln assigned him, or excuse me, Lincoln reassigned him as a bugler. Like, you can't be a drummer anymore, but you can bugle. <laughs> but drumming is my dream. <laughs> the most famous drummer boy of the Civil War has to be Johnny Clem, who is also referred to as, quote, the drummer boy of Chickamauga. I hope I'm oh, saying yeah. that Am I saying that correctly? Uh, his name was the Cleminator. <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, shucks. Like, that would have been so much better. <laughs> so he was born in Newark, Ohio in 1851. And he was always viewed as very small for his age. One journalist said that the Cleminator, I'm going to have to use that from now on. <laughs> One journalist even said that he was small enough to live inside his drum. <laughs> <laughs> like a hermit crab. He could just change drums depending on the season. <laughs> so initially he was denied enlistment, but he was eventually adopted as a drummer and mascot by the 24th Ohio Volunteers, as well as the 22nd Massachusetts or 22nd Michigan Infantry. Apparently people even got their M states mixed up even back then. So <laughs> one of them. There's a big difference between Massachusetts and Michigan though. That's Here. what I say, but And also they couldn't find like a dog or a horse or a mythical creature that they could use as a mascot. They had to, to use a small child. <laughs> but he's so cute in his little bandana. Look at him in his little hat. This drum. He could just live inside. <laughs> By the time he was 12 years old, he had seen enough action to warrant his official enlistment into the regular army. He then changed his name to John Lincoln Clem in honor of President Lincoln. Oh, he's just sucking up, trying to get the Congressional right? Medal of Honor. Yeah. During the Battle of Chickamauga, a mounted Confederate colonel galloped up to Johnny. The officer apparently shouted either, Stop, you little Yankee devil! Or surrender, you little damn son of a bitch. And he <laughs> the officer out of his saddle without hesitation. Cindy, that is what I'm, I'm going to refer to my children henceforth. You little Yankee devils. <laughs> At another point, Johnny was captured by General Joseph Wheeler's cavalry, and he was taken directly to Wheeler himself. Allegedly, Wheeler asked Johnny, what are you doing here, you damned little Yankee scoundrel? Here's another idea. Yankee scoundrels. <laughs> yeah. To which Johnny replied, General Wheeler, sir, I am no more a damned scoundrel than you are. 
Oh, that is one heck of a clapback, let me tell you. The soldiers took the few possessions Johnny had and they ended up exchanging him. Johnny didn't care about losing his possessions except for his hat, which apparently had three bullet holes in it that he had received at Chickamauga. So he he didn't care about his drum slash house, but the hat. It had it had so many Aww. memories. So many so many buttholes, so many memories. A few years after the Civil War ended, President Ulysses S. Grant nominated Johnny for enrollment at uh, West Point. West Point. Yes. yes. However, Johnny had never received a proper education and failed his entrance Aww. exams. Stay in mm-hmm. school, kids. Don't end up like nope. old Johnny. Actually, it's fine if you end up like Johnny because Grant nonetheless appointed Johnny a second lieutenant in the Army. Johnny continued to rise in the ranks, and in 1915, he retired as a brigadier oh, wow. general who was the last Civil War veteran on the Army rolls. Well, that's because he started when he was eight. So, when he was a fetus. Exactly. Start young, kids. You can move Start up. young. Work your way up. Don't get a proper education. Just have friends in high places, and you'll be fine. You'll end up like the old Clemenator. Now, Cindy, hypothetically, who do you think would win in hand-to-hand combat? Mad Jack or the Cleminator? Um, hands down, Mad Jack, Katie. Hands <laughs> down. What about in a um, like a, a music battle? Bagpipes versus drums. <gasps> ooh, ooh, um, ooh. I have to, ooh, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one, Katie. What do you think? I, I bet you Johnny could lay down some really sick beats. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him the, uh, I think he's going to win. Only because I, I feel like your arms would not get as tired as quickly as trying to constantly inflate a bagpipe full of air constantly. And I, I just think Johnny's probably got the better more upper body strength and also just the willful exuberance of youth, I feel like would carry him. Mm. And he can live inside his drums, whereas Mad Jack probably couldn't fit inside his bag. Not with that attitude, Cindy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Katie, this is the end of our 12 Days of Christmas. Oh, Cindy, this was such a joy. A tour throughout time and history with you. There's no other way I'd like to spend the first or second 12 the second and a half I don't know there's no other way I'd like to spend my holiday season me too Merry Christmas Katie Merry Christmas Cindy and a happy, happy new year, year. <laughs>